As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to today's show. I am so excited for our guest because Kristen Thompson, you, I don't know if you know this, Kristen, was my like first official, like legit business coach in this crazy wild, wild west of an online coaching expert service-based industry. So Kristen, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I think I did know that, but it's just always nice to hear it again. <laughs> I know. I love you. I love you. You like got me started. You're, I, I think I told you this, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I was like, you were the first person who like ever, like really believed in me back in 2012. Aww. That's so important to have. As, as it is. Well, it is. And it was just so obvious to me that you were a rock star. I think you had just come out of teaching and um, I even remember, I don't know if you'll chuckle at this. I even remember you bringing up back then, like, maybe I'm going to do something. Maybe my husband, you know, might even work with me sometimes in my business. And it's just funny how all of that evolved. And, I know, crazy. You know, I don't remember things. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was bubbling up even back then. It's just funny, but yeah. And all these years later, you're rocking it out as we knew you would. Crazy, crazy. Well, super happy to have you. I would love for you to take a couple of moments to share with our audience and our listeners a little bit about yeah. your business and what it looks like today and kind of fill us in on some of your backstory and how you got here. Yeah, uh, my company is called Speak, Serve, Grow. And so I work with other mostly service-based entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and the like, and helping them really get visible, gain a ton of momentum, and get a lot of leverage in their business by using speaking as kind of the engine, I like to call it, that drives leads and sales into your business. And that's just been my wheelhouse for really since I started my business back in 2009, if you can believe it. <laughs> You're like a veteran. I'm like a dinosaur. I was telling a story the other day about, uh, to my coaching group about when I launched my first product command any room and I launched it on a teleclass. <laughs> I took that program. You know, it was good. I mean, it was a good, it was amazing, course, yeah. but it was just making me laugh. Like what a dinosaur. I sound like back in the olden days, <laughs> we used teleclasses. <laughs> <laughs> You've, you have seen it all. That is for I've sure. I've seen it all, but uh, it's been amazing and fun to watch as technology developed, like going from teleclasses to webinars, to live streaming, then in-person events. And now everyone's doing virtual events. And I think that's one of the most fun parts about this is it's a constantly evolving industry and therefore constantly evolving skill set for my clients to know where do they need to show up? How can they market, themse market themselves one to many, which is my favorite thing because of my family, which I know we'll get into on today's chat. Um, and then have a ton of fun growing your business by serving. I think that's the other thing that's always been really important to me is that 
when you're speaking, when you're on a podcast, when you're doing a live stream, that you can actually add value to people's lives, whether they hire you or they don't, you've added value. Certainly one of my favorite things. And then my, maybe my last favorite thing is then people come running to you. And I realized it took me a long time to realize, you know why I think I really fell in love with speaking? Because if you know me, you know, I'm actually pretty introverted. I'm actually nervous. So I'm not a put me on stage, fearless warrior. That's not my personality. But what I realized is I loved that people would come to me, that you, you give your talk and then people walk up to you with their order forms and their questions and you're not chasing people, you know, around. So that's what I love to help people do is grow their business in that one to many fabulous way. I love that. And I'm so glad you shared with, shared that about your personality because I am so similar. I don't think I've ever heard yes. you say that before though, actually. And we've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. You know, you're always on the stage and you've got like this kind of like rocker brand. People would assume like you are so extroverted. Yeah. You just want to be on all the time. You've got this gregarious personality, but you're, you're pretty reserved behind the scenes. You're a family gal. I really am. And you know, what's weird. And the reason why I think it's confusing is I think I was confused for a lot of years because when I was a kid, people would tell me, oh, you're an extrovert. You're, they just told me that, but I, inside, I was always scared, right? Inside mm. I was in, go into a big party and I would be like, wow, like social anxiety. And, uh, I think what I realize is as I've gotten older is I'm probably if we were going to diagnose me, it would be maybe an ambivert where I, I can get there, you know, I can get mm. into the flow but I'm not a full-blown extrovert. If once I'm on stage or when I'm leading my own live event in person on breaks, you're going to find me in my room by myself, being really quiet, maybe meditating, like regrounding myself so that I can go back out there. But I'm not now like down in the lobby and, you know, getting refueled with people. I have to kind of pull back and refuel in my own way. So I think it's important for people to know that you can be on stage. You can be a quote unquote performer or whatever it is that you categorize that you can do live streams and podcasts, even if you're really introverted. And in fact, most of the actors and actresses and musicians that you look up to, if you dug in and you learn more about them, yeah, a lot of them are introverted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm picking up on two really important things here. Number one, you, not only do you teach people how to grow their business through speaking, that is what you did to grow your yes. business so yes. that multiples of people would come to you at one time. So number one, the whole speaking, which is equals leverage. Yeah. And number two, and because I was part of your business in, in terms of being a client so many years ago in the yes. earlier days of your business, um, it sounds like you went pretty quickly into one, the one to many business model also yes. leverage. So and I know that when you started your business, you were already a mom, right? Yeah. I, I, my son was six months old. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. You, so yeah. I gave birth in spring of 2008. The economy was in a complete spiral. I brought baby Gavin home. He was in the NICU for a little bit. He was fine, but there was just some bumps along the way. So we brought him home. I spent a little time at home and the economy was tanking and my husband got laid off. And I was like, we're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> What's Lord mama going to do? 
we're all going to die. And um, that is truly what got me thinking. And what the thought that I was having was, okay, I have sold, I was in sales for a lot of years prior to all of this. So I thought I've sold stuff for other people and helped other people grow their businesses for years. I think given the state of the world, at least here in the United States at that time, maybe I need to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. So I always say my business was born kind of when my son was born, energetically speaking, in that mm-hmm. I really wouldn't have done it. I mean, I, I never imagined I was not, I didn't grow up in a house where being an entrepreneur was a thing. I didn't know any entrepreneurs. It was like, go get a job, be a good person, you know, put your head down mm-hmm. and uh, don't do anything weird. And it felt crazy. Like I felt like I was joining a band. I was going on tour. Like it might as well have been that weird to me and to like what I was surrounded by with my family. And so the bravery quote unquote that I needed really came from that mama bear energy of like, okay, the world is crashing. The economy is crashing. I got to do something and it needs to be leveraged because I cannot be in a cubicle or in an office working all day, every day when I have this little baby, you know, Mm -hmm. here at home. And so I got to figure this out. So it was go speak one to many, put people into a workshop, one to many. Mm -hmm. And that was the very beginning seeds of what, you know, later really grew into speaks. Yeah. 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 So can you talk a little bit about the importance of paying attention to, you know, number one, knowing yourself really well in terms of your strengths and your personality, right? Like we've touched on that a little bit. So that combined with, you know, what are your specific like business goals and your specific financial goals, taking that in consideration, also taking in con- into consideration um, your life, like the stage of life that you're at, right? Like you were married, yes. you had a young child. So you were taking in, a, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of women entrepreneurs skip this and they wait a really, really long time yes. and they don't consider what's my personality. What are my strengths? What are my business and life goals and what stage of life am I in taking that into consideration? It sounds like you thought about those things on a conscious level with intention. And that is what drove you to, I'm going to speak. I'm going to do workshops. I'm going to create one to many programs. Can you talk about the importance of like those four categories that drive the business model? Yes. And you're right. I mean, to me, it felt like there was no other option. I I even vividly remember going online and looking at part-time jobs and like laughing out loud, like $12 an hour, you know, and you could, and it could be for like a highly qualified position, right? Part-time and I'm doing the math. And I looked at my husband and I'm like, there's no, this, this is no path. I have to go create my own path. Whether it was then when I was starting my business or whether it's today, I think, you know, and on all the years in between, one of my strengths has definitely been first, you have to think about what kind of life and lifestyle you're living first. Okay. Like what kind of time do you want to spend? What kind of time do you have? What kind of time do you need for your family? And if you have children and all of that and for your health and your wellness and all of these things that has to be taken into consideration first, because that kind of sets the stage, you know, it sets the environment in which we can now build a business. If you build a business without any of that in mind, you're going to end up where a lot of people do, which is completely burnt out and your business kind of seeping into all the areas and all the free time. 
And that just was something that I was never super interested in doing or compromising. So weirdly, even though I built my business on speaking and it's what I teach, a lot of people think that means I traveled a lot. I didn't travel very much at all. You know, I very strategically would travel only a few times a year, you know, just to some bigger events where it was really worth being away from my kiddo and my hubs. And then the rest of the time I'm doing online marketing and selling and using that to bridge the gap. So all of those choices were made because of the life I wanted. And I think for listeners, you know, you want to really map out that vision first. What does the life and lifestyle look like? Then you can start building your business around that and then pulling in those leverage pieces. So again, for me, that meant going and speaking to groups and getting on podcasts so that I'm speaking for an hour, but I could reach lots and lots of people. And that is I know momentum is one of your favorite words. It's one of mine as well. That'll get you a lot more momentum than plodding along one by one. And that doesn't mean never have a one-on-one conversation. It just means I don't, I didn't, I didn't want, nor did I have the time for that to be my business model. That was a, that was a no go. (laughs) That was a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I answered all of those areas. What else? No, you you totally did. You did. Okay. Yeah. So something that I don't think, you know, you've, you've been in this industry and this business for 13 years. And I think a topic that doesn't really get discussed very often because it's not that sexy is this, my favorite, (laughs) one of my favorite words. And I think it's one of your favorite words too, is sustainability. And something that I, you know, I was sharing with you before we, before we got on here that I have so admired about you all these years is that, okay, one thing in particular, when it comes to sustainability is I knew you way back in the day because you were the coach to go to if you wanted to grow your business through speaking. Yes. Oh, by the way, I'll just, (laughs) let me just throw this in. I remember when I first started working with you, it was, I don't remember the year. It might've been 2012 or 2013. Yeah. But whatever year it was, the month was May and Mm -hmm. I booked myself for 30 speaking engagements that month. And that's when my business was a baby business. Yes. And literally had like my calendar booked through October with speaking engagements. So we are now in 2021, you are still known for the coach to go to (laughs) if you want to grow your business through speaking. You have not gone in 42 different directions. I think you might even have some of the same programs I took with you back then. Yeah. You can still listen to command any room if you want to. <laughs> I might, I mean, there's a newer version, but I'm just I saying might. it still exists. Yeah. So you are kind of the queen of a few popular S word. Well, not maybe mainstream popular, but me and you popular, um, S words, sustainability. Yes. Obviously you have mastered systems that have allowed you to leverage clearly you have very specific structures not only in your business, but also in your personal life yes. so that you can have this incredibly lucrative business that has like, you've been, you have, you've created a sustainable business that just continues to thrive um, and allows your family to thrive. Can you talk about just the importance of thinking more long-term sustainability versus what we've kind of gotten sucked into in our world is like this uh, very like short-term gain thinking, very like yeah. quick win thinking. And then we get so bent out of shape if it doesn't work, but here you Ugh. are all these years later. You're hitting so many like important topics. I love it. I love it. I love it. First off, 
my greatest pet peeve are the people who come into this industry and they're like, I do this. And then they take a course on something else and they go, now I do that. And they just copy that person's content. And then they go to a live event and then they take that content and steal it. And then they go, now I do this. And I'm like, okay, nobody knows what you do now. Mm -hmm. We're all confused. And none of that was really your content to begin with. And it shows, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that that so quickly, it became clear to me, figure out the one thing you want to be known for. And it doesn't mean you're not allowed to teach anything else ever, ever, ever. It just means public facing. What is the market? What are you going to claim almost? Like I think of it as like you climb up a mountain, you plant your flag in that mountain and that's your mountain. And I think that's so important for people to think about. And then doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you can't have other little products or programs that you add along the way, but, but you never leave that mountain. And that's what lets people know, oh, Kristen Thompson, she's the rock your talk gal. Okay. Well, number one, I gave myself that nickname. <laughs> right? You had it Just back like, in 2000. You had that back in 2012. Yeah. I realized Maybe even okay, earlier like, than that. I just got to plant my flag, claim it. And then the other reason why I did that, by the way, if someone's like, they don't know me, they might think, well, that's very egoic. And it wasn't that at all. It was the the people who steal your content. And I thought, if I put it in my name, then it's going to be so obvious when you swipe it. And it is because every once in a while, someone will do it. And I'll get 582 Facebook messages saying, someone just said, rock your talk and it's not you. And everybody gets really upset about it. So think about first, um, when you're thinking about your content, what you want to be known for, like, what is the center of your expertise? And then things can spin off of that, but the center always remains the center. It's a great way to get known. It's a great way to not get confused along the way as you're creating the strategy for your own business. Um, and it'll allow you to grow faster, grow farther, faster, because the one thing that, and I'm sure you've seen this with Uh, people who've come through your program or just people who you watch in the marketplace, the people who are constantly being confused about what they do, they never go anywhere. They spend all of their time ruminating Mm -hmm. and rethinking and rebranding and recreating. And then they, that's just a circle that people will run in forever. And I'm convinced that's a mindset issue. You know, that's somebody who's not willing to put their content out because the minute you put your content out, it's vulnerable. Yeah, it is vulnerable. And I believe me, I, as I said earlier, I'm a, such a sensitive person and I get that and I feel that and I'm right there with you sisters and brothers listening. Right. But mm-hmm. if you never get your content out there, you never help anybody. Yeah. yeah. So for me, the way through that fear of like, okay, I'm planting my, my flag on this mountain. I'm putting my content out there is the spirit of service that I know that your community has. I know my community has. They're deeply uh, caring entrepreneurs. So if you care, then I realize at some point I have to care more about helping other people than I do about my own ego or how I look, or does she look stupid? Or, you know, is this content not perfect? Just care more about helping people Mm -hmm. than any of that criticism that for me worked. And again, everybody can find their own mindset trigger that helps unlock that next step for you. But the sustainability comes from just staying on track here. This yeah. is what I'm here to do. And we're, we can grow it. We can scale it. We can, you know, command any room became the rock your talk course, which is really command any room 2.0 as it grew. Yes. I refined it. I added things with personal brand and all this cool stuff, but I didn't change the core center of what I do. Yeah. 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 
So, you know, we all go through so many speed bumps, like, I don't like probably every year, different, different speed bumps. And I think that speed bumps, when we experience them, it can either completely derail us and then we never come back the same version or, you know, I think like a lot of the speed bumps, people take that as like a quote unquote, a sign. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this, or maybe I need to pivot in a completely different direction. And I'm, you know, lots of times we have mindset speed bumps or we're bumping up, like I'm getting ready to go to a next level. And then like something happens with a client or like you said, you see your own stuff getting stolen out there. Yeah. Stuff like that can completely mess with your mind Mm -hmm. and make you want to go hide underneath a rock. And in 13 years, I'm sure you've experienced not just things like happening inside of the business, but also family things, health things, stuff with your kid, like, like environmental things, societal things. Again, this is still kind of talking about this, like conversation around sustainability. It's not that we don't give ourselves an opportunity to lay low, right? Like sometimes you just need to go lay low. Sometimes you do need to go hide underneath the covers, but you don't just stay there and rot away. You Mm -hmm. have, and it's not even about a comeback, but you've gone through a lot of those in 13 years. How have you learned how to better navigate those things when they occur in the last 13 years? I mean, great question, because as you know, and listeners may not know, I'm just fresh off of a breast cancer adventure, as I like to call it, (laughs) and I am cancer free. So nobody needs to worry, but you know, that alone was a thing happening right in my life. And I was still running my business and I had clients, you know, quitting on themselves, not showing up to the group call while I was showing up, you know, going through chemo, going through treatment, I'm still showing up. I really believe that is a huge difference maker between the people who succeed and the people who don't. Hmm. And I, what I'm not sure of is if you can teach it. I don't know if you can teach it. I hope you can cultivate it maybe is how I like to think about it. I think you can cultivate it in people, but I don't think you can sadly like bottle it up and hand it, hand it to somebody. Do you think it's like a mindset or a mentality or, or an attitude? It's yes. It is all of those things because yeah. I have gone through, my mom was an alcoholic. She basically drank herself to death. The whole, like during the whole like trajectory, especially the beginning of my business where I'm rocketing, you know, from barely making a living to making, you know, multiple six figures in the first 12 months and all of this skyrocketing in the background, my mom was a train wreck and I'd have to go pick her up at the emergency room, right? There was all this mess happening in the background. And that, did that derail me? No. Did I make it so that that thing made it? So I didn't show up for my coaching call on Monday. Nope. I've never missed like my money. I've run that. And you were in the group the same time. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. And and it was like, I, and even with this, the cancer thing that I just went through, I went through chemo for five months. I was on my Monday call every Monday. I did not miss Mm. a Monday. Now, am I saying that you're not allowed to miss coaching calls if you're sick? No. What I am saying is for me through any, you know, those are just two kind of uh, bigger examples of bigger things, but whatever it is, you have a choice to make. Am I capable of showing up? And if I showed up, is that more helpful than if I don't show up? I mean, that's maybe the most basic way that I can put it. 
to me, when my mom was going through her thing, the question, when you ask that question, it's very obvious. I should probably still showing, show up for myself because this is not going anywhere good. And me jumping in with it, you know, like with a downward spiral, that's not going to help me or my family with the cancer situation that I just went through the same thing. If I show up on Monday, might that help me feel better? Is that going to help my clients? If I stay on track, the answer is yes. It's going to help me to get out of however I'm feeling that day and serve people. It's going to help my clients. If we keep this on track and we're not missing and changing things and confusing people with when calls are happening. So let's show up if you can, as mm -hmm. long as you can. And so to me, the, the downside of monkeying with all of that and kind of pulling the covers over your head and not getting out of bed, it's, there's a real ripple effect. I think that can happen on the negative mm. side in terms of how that's going to affect your mindset and how that's going to affect the people that you serve. And I say all that with a giant asterisk, you know, which is you need to take care of yourself, right? I'm not saying don't do self-care, but I see a lot of people in this industry, the minute they have a mishap, the minute they go to lead a webinar and only one person shows up, the minute their brother is having a health problem, they just pack it in. They're not showing up for their calls. They're not showing up for coaching. They're not asking questions. They're not on social media. They completely unplug. They unravel their whole business. And then a month or two later, they come back and they go, oh, okay, that thing is done. You know, my leg is feeling better or my brother's better and their business has evaporated. Yep. yep. So I think it's important, especially, you know, for this particular show to say, again, it's a fine line. You have to take care of yourself. You have to make time when big things are happening to rest and to pour into your spirituality and to pour into your family. But that likely doesn't mean stop working. And yeah. if you had a job, you would show up to your job, right? You don't just not go to work when you're having a bad day, you show up. Yeah. So show up for your clients. Again, I think spirit of service is a big driver and show up for yourself because you're probably going to feel better when you get mm -hmm. out of yourself and that if you stick to your goals and do that in a way where you're also taking care of yourself yeah. outside of your normal commitments, stick, yeah. stick with your commitments though. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I also hear from women entrepreneurs, when they get to a certain level in their business, like usually like low, like they've gotten themselves to low six figures or like multiple, multiple low six figures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not that hard to get to that level, like pretty solo, you know, you may yeah. need an assistant to help you here and there, but it probably did take a little bit of like some hustle and grind. The learning curve is pretty steep. Yeah. And one of the things that I hear women talking about being really afraid of is the, the big, bad, scary word scale. Yeah. And when they start thinking about that next level of high six figures, even dreaming about a seven figure business, or, you know, we hear it in our industry, like build your empire. Yes. They are afraid of scaling because a lot of them think I'm going to have to work more hours. I'm going to have to work harder. And that is the very thing that I am trying to avoid. You know, I want all this ease. I want all this flow. I want all this time freedom. Yes. Um, but you started scaling years and years and years and years and years ago. It kind of sounds like you even started your business and structured your business model in the very early days so that it could be scalable. Yeah. So, you know, 
not only are you a mom of a 13 year old, you also have a marriage. You guys have been married for a long time. So you have a business. I know you have team. You had team back in the day in 2012. You've had team for a lot of years. Um, You've got hobbies. You've got your health you're taking care of. For lack of a better way of saying it, you're navigating a lot of balls in the air, you know, whether we want to call that juggling or figuring out the balance or, or I like to use the word integrating. Yes. So can you speak a little bit of truth into women who, who are at that, like kind of low to mid six figures and they're, they're wanting to scale to the next level. Yeah. Um, what are some tips, some insights, some wisdom that you can share with women about scaling so that it doesn't completely take over their, their entire life. And and they're not adding another 30 hours a week onto the plate. Yeah. I think first off, that fear is very real. And I think we're always, especially as moms, we're always wrestling with, okay, our work and our marriage and ourselves and our kids. And that's, you know, that's nothing to take lightly for sure. And I think it's important to remember, especially as service-based entrepreneurs, in particular, but even in, with physical locations, there, there's always a path to scalability. Um, and it's usually through simplifying and streamlining to add more S words. I was just <laughs> sure. going to say, I'm going to title this show, the power of the S's. The S word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's really true. I love, I don't know if you like watching the prophet. I love to watch the prophet with Marcus Lamonis. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, he's another person who's really masterful at coming into this big, complicated business and going, well, wait a minute, you know, what if we just got rid of all of that, took this one thing and how do we double, what do we need to do to double these sales? What do we need to bring into the space in terms of, you know, whatever it is, organization systems. And next thing you know, you know, they they go from 1 million to 10 million or whatever it is. And he's right. And it's true. Even in a coaching or consulting business, streamlining is the key. You don't need 180 different profit streams. You don't need five different courses. You need a very focused business. Again, you plant your flag on the mountain. That's your mountain. So you can have a course on that mountain. You can have an event on that mountain. You can have a mastermind on that mountain, but they can all be parts of one whole and all of those things can be leveraged. So I think it's important to take that, those nerves that bubble up seriously, but instead of letting them stop you, let them drive you to simplify your business in a way where it is manageable. Mm -hmm. You know, having a group coaching program for me, and having an event for me, those have been two big things where, uh, you know, I have a lot of leverage. I have a lot of capacity. I know you run groups and you teach people how to do that. It is to me as a service-based entrepreneur, it's one of the most profitable ways for you to be able to absolutely make the killing that you want in your business, but you're not doing 180 things. You're doing one thing. You're running one group. Yeah. And so there's that. And then on the team side, I think, you know, starting slowly and doing your best to vet people really well before you hire them. A lot of the people that I've worked with, I've, I've worked with for many, many, many years. So I don't have like a churn and burn, you know, mentality. So, you know, you've heard the phrase hire slowly fire quickly. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a really good advice. So I like to hire through referrals, 99 
times out of 10, if I'm working with somebody, it's because I went out to my network. I snooped around. I figured out who was working with who I got recommendations that were personal. And then I gave that person a really small project, something bite-sized to let them, you know, get their feet wet and see if we're even a good fit. And, you know, so there's a kind of a slow process, but it's a deeper relationship. And then I like to work with people for as long as I can, because that's another thing that I see slow people down is if you are hiring assistants and team leaders and this and that, and you're doing it willy nilly, Mm. and then you have to fire them. And then you have to bring somebody on all of that will slow you down. So I'm a fan of like, just slow down a little bit on the front part, hire the person, keep them. Okay. All right. So how do you say no to all the new ideas that enter into your mind as a, as a visionary and creative entrepreneur? (laughs) I know you see that a lot with your clients. I see it with my clients all the time because we're both helping people. Literally we are like mini Marcus Limonis. It's like, no, don't do these 14 things and just do these two. But as entrepreneurs, we have ideas all the time. Like we are like creative vessels and it's like almost painstaking to not like birth that out into the world. But we, you and I both know that every time people say yes to every single creative idea they have, and they just go like, do it. And then they stay stuck and spin. So how does Kristen Thompson talk to herself every time you have a new creative idea your business model has literally not changed in like eight years, nine years. You still have yep. the same message, the same titles, the same programs. Obviously you just made all of it better and you innovate internally as you go. Yes. Yes. What goes through your mind every time new ideas pop in so that you sustain what you've been building all these years and you're sustaining your position in the marketplace? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think number one is keep a journal or a Pinterest board or whatever it is that, you know, however people like to daydream and and write everything down because an idea, it might be a great idea and it might be a great idea that you can do later, but maybe not at this moment. But I think just giving yourself a place to let the idea out is a really good idea. So if that's journaling or whatever it is you like to do, have a place where you save all of them. And then go to your coach, you know, go to your Megan, go to your Kristen and say, here are all my crazy ideas, because sometimes all your crazy, creative, fun ideas, some of them can be blended in. Like I was sharing with you, you know, my course, it's not a totally new course. It's, it has evolved though, right? It's refreshed because times have changed. Technology has changed. I've grown and and learned new things. So I don't create a completely new course, but I take all of that and go, how do I infuse that in and create Rock Your Talk off of Command a New Room or Rock Your Talk 2.0? How do you evolve what you're doing so that some of that stuff just kind of comes in and lifts it and keeps it fresh and keeps it hot in the marketplace? So a lot of times just infusing that into what you're doing is the right answer versus oh, now I'm going to create a new product and go in a new direction, right? And now we're going to burn down this thing that we built and build this other thing from scratch. Take your creative ideas, infuse them into the streamlined business that you're already building. And then some of them for a little bit are going to just have to live in the journal. (laughs) That's where they live. And you can dream about them and visualize them and write in the journal some more, but they just need to stay there. And again, for me, it always comes down to very simple questions. Like, does this project grow my business? Does this project support my life and lifestyle or detract from it? Does this idea support my clients in some super important way, critical way? 
Because if it doesn't meet, if it doesn't grow my business, doesn't grow it in a streamlined and leveraged fashion, it detracts. I'm not going to have any time to be with my family and take care of myself. And it really has nothing to do with my clients. It's just something creative I want to do. That's a no. That lives in the journal, the land of the journal. <laughs> yep. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The power of asking yourself questions, the right yes. questions to be able to discern and make those decisions. Yeah. And it's why having a coach is so important. It's why, you know, having someone like you or me in their corner is critical. And I always have someone and you always have someone because mm-hmm. we all have great ideas, but we need guidance and how mm-hmm. to refine them and make sure that what the ideas that you're taking on are actually drawing forward drawing you forward towards your goals and giving the momentum that you want, not detracting from it. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing here, what two or three tips or pieces of insight would you share with women entrepreneurs that really help create a sustainable business? Like what has to be, what are the pillars? What are the pillars of a sustainable, sustainable business, two or three top pillars? I think first you start with brand personality. That's the first piece of the rock your talk system. And I think it just works for every business, which is kind of how we started this conversation is think about who you are, how you roll, what is your true personality, not a put on, but how you actually show up. And then let's build your brand and your business around that. So that we're reflecting who you really are to the marketplace, attracting ideal clients. That's going to give you a ton of traction and respect your lifestyle. So that always comes first. Then we want to create your signature system. That's the the mountain that you're going to plant your flag on. And when we do that, we get really focused again on your supreme area of expertise, the thing you're passionate about. You have tons of natural ability around. And we want to really map that out so that everything you build in your business is attached to that one core system. Again, there could be products, coaching, uh, masterminds, but it's all being spun off that one big mountain that you've planted your flag on. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, And then I think the momentum piece, putting leverage in is, would be the last or the third thing out of three Mm -hmm. would be, then we got to scale it up. And that means Mm -hmm. using, using leveraged ways to market and sell so that you can generate huge rushes of clients and leads coming running towards you, but you're not doing it one by one by one. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This was like a masterclass of a show today. We could just keep talking. I know we could, we could, we could, but people are going to have to go skedaddle over to your website and learn more about you and check out what you've got over there. So tell our audience how they can find out more about you and your incredible programs. Yeah. If you head over to speak, serve, grow, that's my website. And we are on Facebook, same thing, speak, serve, grow. And you can check out there's free gifts there that you can opt into and free training that you can dive into to kind of get acquainted. And um, I'm on Facebook a lot. So our Facebook page is another great place to see free live stream training, uh, get into our Facebook group and dive in. Awesome. And you can check that out below in the show notes and go visit Kristen at speak, serve, grow. Thank you so much. This was incredible. So much Thank value. Thank you for having me. So You're fun. welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. 
Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.